It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Wade Lee. More on the AFL draft as we work our way through the next couple of hours. Talking to those who are involved, your messages, your judgments on what happened at your club and more broadly. What a, what a pleasure to meet Joel Frazier there as he makes his way down from Horsham. He's been billeted out with Libba. So one of life's big experiences and he'll be on the training track at Witten Oval come Friday. Turn 18 one week. Drafted into the AFL the next week. What a life. What a life. Australia's cricketers are back on home soil, at least some of them, after victory in the World Cup. I think it's fairly clear they've celebrated like the champions that they are. We played you a bit of Pat Cummins and Josh Hazelwood earlier on. Here's Mitch Marsh as he arrived back in Melbourne en route to Perth. Unbelievable. Um, Yeah, it's been a crazy 48 hours, but... um... It's nice to be back on home soil. Talk us through the celebrations. Travis Head looked like he was best on during the game. He looked like he was best on post-match. Yeah, look, he's... Um, <laughs> winning World Cups is made for him, I think. <laughs> um, they're still going in India, so I'm looking forward to seeing what pans out over the next few days. But, um, yeah, Hetty was definitely uh, in the votes. As you know, he's been the front-up in a T20 about 36 hours time. He looks like he's still Yeah, I'm not sure he'll be playing that game. Um, I'm no selector or coach, but... Uh, if he plays that game, it'll be a miracle. If he plays that game, it'll be a miracle. I sort of feel like that will instantly pass into the folklore of this as Travis, the photos of Travis Head celebrating World Cup victory have worked their way through Instagram over the past 36 hours and then having celebrated with him firsthand. That's the assessment of Mitch Marsh. If he makes this game tomorrow, it'll be a miracle. Pete Lawler is with me. What a lovely tone to start off on. Pete, Hello. We can see why he's the most loved, loved player, best on ground, best off it, Jared. I recall um, the team celebrating after winning that test series in Pakistan under my hotel window, um, and they kicked on long and late into the night. And when I pulled my curtains back in the morning, they'd been celebrating on the pool deck. There was nothing there but the trophy, and I checked my phone, and the team were already at the airport, and I, I tweeted, I said, hey, Fellas, I think you've left something behind. And Pat Cummins responded, uh, we think Hetty's still back there somewhere. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) He looks more and more like Warwick Todd all the time. And I sort of feel like he's taking on a bit of that persona as well. He looks like it. Yeah, we've all got a neighbour who who kind of mows the lawn. He's got the lawnmower in one hand, the beer in the other, and the sort of King G shorts. He's got that. That tradey, dishevelled look down pat, hasn't he? Absolutely. And it's been the coronation of Travis Head, hasn't it? My word. I think we've all just, had to, all just had to admit it. Your um, fellow SEN commentator, 
Jared, um, Tim Payne said to me at the start of, I'd have to go back and check, was it two, three summers ago, I reckon? He just said, Travis said, I've just seen him. Something's clicked. I said, what do you mean? He says, no, he's gone to the next level. You st stand by. This, this Travis head is going to be something very special. And so Payne picked that. Good on him. Yeah, it's, it is materialising before us. You saw him in the World Test Championship. I was I was just pondering this morning is um, it, it will be, it could stand as a unique achievement for generations, a century in the World Test Championship and the World Cup final in the same year. Is It, it will only come along rarely. You have to have the same white ball and red ball um, place in a side. Your nation has to be part of it. And it's a little bit unclear what the future of the World Cup is anyways. He might hold a unique double for, well, for generations. Well, I, I think he'll, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know how much we cherish those innings by Gilchrist and Ponting in the World Cups. But as you say, doubling down like this and doing it in that manner. And, and it's the circumstances within which, it was done, wasn't it, Jared? You know, in the in that stadium, I, I, I sat up all night. I was watching the game with my son, and it was the strangest of feelings. I kept sort of having to remind myself that Australia were going towards victory because it just felt like a funeral. And I've never witnessed anything more anticlimactic in my life than that stadium and that win. And that's to take nothing away from it, because as you say, one of the great, great great World Cup um, performances by a team and by a person and just dead silence. Pradeep Magazine, who's a fantastic Indian writer, he's written a piece in The Wire uh, overnight, I think, and he talks about the sullen silence of a mass of people refusing even to breathe. And there has been a very interesting backlash, Jared, um, within India and outside of India against against sort of what Indian cricket's become. I reckon that I, I think a lot of the traditional in, Indian cricket fan loves cricket. We've all, we all know that, know that and recognises that. And, you know, and I had talked during the um, series, you know, if you looked at the crowds at Calcutta, Chennai, Bombay, Bangalore, they're the traditional cricketing centres. There's a very definite feel to the crowds. And I've got a lot of Indian friends who are texting me during, you know, keeping contact during the um, tournament saying just this. And I had a, a family texted me and said, uh, we're, we're firmly in the anyone but India camp now. This Ahmedabad spectacle turns us off Indian cricket. It's this politicisation of the game. It's brash. It doesn't sit well with them. And I reckon it probably doesn't even sit well with the team. Jared, I, I, I don't think Rohit Sharma's that kind of captain. I think Virat Kohli had that kind of brash, you know, bold sense to him when he was on the field. But, yeah, I, I think there's an uncomfortableness among a lot of Indians with the way that that was conducted, that final, and the way that that crowd behaved too. I think they feel embarrassed. In fact, there's an edit editorial in the Telegraph in India this morning referring to the crowd as crass and, and, and condemning them for, for, for the silence with which uh, Travis Head's century was greeted, which is what we started talking about. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Anyone but India. I think a, a lot of people once would have said anyone but England or anyone but Australia, but well, welcome to that category of cricket. Uh, yeah. You know. So uh, over-egged the pudding on 
that demonstration of Indian might in life, in politics and in cricket that underpinned a lot of this tournament? Just a bit of overreach, wasn't there, Jared? Um, you know, those concerns around, you know, pitches being swapped and the ICC being told in retrospect and a few little things like that. I mean, but look, we should not be too negative about Indian cricket. I mean, God, God knows, without them, there wouldn't be cricket on this planet. And uh, and they are they are a generous uh, cricket team in that in that they tour regularly. A lot of a lot of countries they tour more regularly than Australia does, and they keep a lot of other countries alive. Um, not not only through touring them, but by paying paying players in the IPL. But there's a sense of overreach in this, and um, and I think a lot a lot of people are happy to see India get a bit of a blood nose in that final. I think my favourite reaction has been Mohammed Kaif, who's former international player for India on Star Sports. Uh, I can never accept that the best team has won the World Cup. The Indian team is the best team on paper. So Mohammed Kaif is trying to, with Joe Root, trying to put together the moral World Cup final where India and England will play in an alternate universe for the actual right to a trophy that Australia won. I, I, you, sometimes you, you can't script... Um, <laughs> it's almost satire, given what has gone before. Almost satire. God, yes, it's it's hard not to be the sort of obnoxious Australian fan, right? But it, <laughs> it was just um, such a wonderful performance, and in a way, it was such a clinical performance too, wasn't it, Jared? You know, they they choked the game, the Australians. They, you know, we talk about it. Uh, uh, um, the um, people in the stadium refusing to breathe. The Australians didn't let the Indian batting breathe. They just they they put they got them in a corner and they just kept them there. They were relentless. They were ruthless. And to even you know to back that decision to uh, to bowl first was fantastic. And I think I read today that McDonald and was it Cummins went to the team team analyst and said. Convince us why we shouldn't, which is exactly what you have to do. Because uh, I noticed Mark War fell one side of it, and um, Kerry O'Keefe the other of the decision. And Kerry O'Keefe said, "Well, of course you 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 would bat second because it's easier to bat second. But you could see that. But this is the world final, says Mark War. You've got to put the runs on the board. And and most of us are going, yeah, put some runs on the board. What are you doing? But they held their nerve. They didn't change. They. They stuck to what they knew was the right thing to do. And risked what would have been ridicule and ferocious criticism in the aftermath had had it backfired. That, that's part of what I admire most. And the stories that will progressively come out, I'm so looking forward to hearing is so that the presentation of not convince that. And then we have to convince the rest of the team that this is the right thing to do, but it is based. It, it, here's all the analytics behind it in the age where analytics has taken over. I think that's, it's going to be because even though it makes sense, it was such a bold thing to do to defy expectation and convention, I think. And so what, what was in that presentation? I look forward to learning more about that. If you didn't do it, you're kind of saying to your batters, we don't trust you to chase too. So it, it's a vote of faith in the batters, isn't it? And I love the way, you know, if you were that bowling side, you could have done, you could have done a mic drop at the end of <laughs> yeah. that Indian innings yeah. and said, we've done our work, fellas, over to you. Yeah, do what you do best. 
which they did. So that, that complete team performance, I just love. You know, I love all of that. And, and if you go through the World Cup, you know, some people had modest World Cups, but at some point, everybody contributed to this. Um, everybody in the 11, some of the players outside the 11, McDonald's coaching, George Bailey's um, selection. Mm. You know, like we've got to salute George Bailey. I mean, he's a guy who kind of won a World Cup in 2015, and I don't think it ever sat right with him that he's, you know, he's pictured as part of the World World Cup winning team. Hey, yeah, he, he did captain the first match of that World Cup, but he never played another one. Um, to come in here and to hold his nerve, here's another, he held his nerve from the get-go, didn't he, with the Travis Head decision, you know. I mean, a lot of criticism about that. And then, you know, the, the spinner selection, they backed Zampa, they backed Maxwell to back Zampa up. And of course, they had Travis Head, the Joker in the pack as well. But some, there were some bold, bold moves by George and the selection panel at the start of this, and they paid off at the end. And the biggest one, of course, being Marnus. Yeah, Marnus cannot play one day cricket. His strike rate is crap. Well, have a look at his strike rate in the final. I think it was about fifty-two. It yep. was worse than crap. I shouldn't say that on radio. Sorry, Jerry. But um, <laughs> so so yeah, there was another another gamble that paid off. And to go with the Pat Cummins quote, nothing more satisfying than hearing a big crowd go silent. Uh, we're starting to hear that a bit of Simon and Garfunkel, just listen to the sound of silence, was was used, which I think is just deluxe. That's hilarious. I'm I'm unlucky enough to have been at the age where you had hippie teachers, Jared, um, young women in long skirts who thought that they could play acoustic guitar. And I remember all through grade four, once a week, we used to have to sing the sounds of silence. <laughs> the word, the lyrics were up on the blackboard of St. Teresa's Kennington. I learnt to hate that song. I do love Simon and Garfunkel. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I like to think of the, the team listening to that song beforehand. And by God, was it a self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy, wasn't it? Yeah. It's it's perfect. They're, yeah, their mantra and the, the way that they went about enforcing it, um, make it so, and, and they made an idea into reality. So uh, part of this week, I think, is is around trying to place what has happened here, the magnitude of the achievement, the circumstances that was done in, within Australia's history of World Cups, within Australia's cricketing history, within Australia's broader sporting history. This this feels like an all-time achievement, and I suspect it will it will grow in affection and it will find its place in the in the lofty reaches. Yeah, I, I and, and I think we are now having to reassess this team and what it's achieved. As you know, so I guess we are doing right at this very moment. And that to me is significant because I think that this team in a lot of ways has lived in the shadows of great teams past. And even as even as this tournament kicked off, we heard Matthew Hayden um, reworking that complaint that there are no greats of Australian cricket around this team and that's an issue. Go, well... How do Andrew McDonald and George Bailey and Michael DiVenuto and uh, whoever else is around this team feel? Okay, yes, they are not greats of Australian cricket, but and they've been cast in that role as a sort of, uh, you know, this is a very working-class Australian outfit and this is a team that quite hasn't quite achieved what it could have. It could have. Well, now it's achieved as much, if not more, than some of our great sides. So, you know, we really have to sort of uh, recategorise this team, this outfit. And 
this period, you know, because this is a team basically born in the break from Justin Langer, you know, and, and with it, the break from him and his mates and that ugly that ugly few, um, month or two that we had there in cricket, which kind of lingers on a little bit, I think, in the back rooms of this team. And and let's not, you know, take note of uh, Adam Zamper on social media posting Michael Clark's brutal assessment of their chances at the start of the tournament. They put these ones away, these guys. They, they see the greats of the parts not rating them, and that hurts them. I notice you've been going back through some of the sheer nonsense that was written around the, the cricket team and the, the woke pushback against the captain and the team itself, which uh, has been <laughs> the, the stupidity of what was getting written at the time. And it was, they didn't have the accomplishments to push back against that. And now they do. And just to, I don't know, just to show how puerile and mean some of what was being written was never mind woefully inaccurate depiction of, of, this team and its characters baseless it's all been baseless jared you know you'd reckon that bloody pat cummins was greta thunberg's boyfriend that he was out there every day you know with a placard telling people what to do he barely opens his mouth on any subject pat cummins you know i think i spoke to you a couple of weeks ago didn't i about that uh, altercation i had down on the building site with someone who who labeled him arrogant He's the furthest from arrogant. Yep. And, and this team is the furthest from arrogant too in the way it goes about things. It's a really nice nature to the way this team played played its cricket. And and equally India, India too. I thought that they, they played the game with great spirit as well. Um, you know, obviously <laughs> obviously they were broken by the expectation placed upon them. But yeah, yeah, we'll readjust our thinking a little bit on those topics, hopefully, because I, it, it's been unfair. Peter Lawler is with me for Australian Made. It's important to buy Australian right now. You'll have your thoughts, 0433 98 11 16, 40 winks, temper text, temper, a mattress like no other. Melbourne's weather, partly cloudy, a top of 20 for city power, supplying home, uh, power to homes in the CBD and inner suburbs. Now, back to Waitley. Peter Lawler's high school days are resonating with a few of you. Like Pete, I had to learn and study the lyrics of The Sounds of Silence at high school in the early 70s. The story today brought it all back gloriously, Malcolm from Oakley South. And this. Hey, it was primary school. I'm not that oh, old. Sorry, primary school. Uh, Jared and Pete shattered that you were taught to hate The Sounds of Silence. Pete. Such a beautiful piece of music. I also had the hippie primary teachers in the early 90s, although they mixed up their tunes well. Blown in the Wind, Imagine, and John Williamson crackers. Blowing in the Wind was one, definitely. <laughs> but I was scared when called a cute little girl dressed as an angel singing carols at the retirement village. <laughs> Very nice, Freddie. Thank you for sending that through. Um, Scott on the road, I believe this is Australia's greatest cricket accomplishment. Tournament play in the subcontinent conditions and losing our first, uh, our last four or five lead-up matches to then be zero and two and in trouble and then go undefeated and beat India in front of 130,000 Indian fans after a, a gruelling year is just incredible. I can't think of a bigger, bigger cricket accomplishment. Uh, Scott, uh, this was after the toss, I said at the time, did Pat Cummins just do a Trent Cotchin? But no, Jared, he knew what he was doing. Genius. And then I quite like this. <laughs> do you think Smith should be coming home and resting up and preparing for our summer instead of staying for the T20 matches? Or 
is this his best opportunity to get a spot in the T20 team in next year's World Cup? There's, if you wanted an illustration of cricket's crassness in terms of content, this is it. A T20 tournament straight off the back of the World Cup, India and Australia. is My goodness, is could we be any more cynical? Uh, I, you've got to you've got to respect David Warner's ability to sort of wriggle out of these things, don't you? <laughs> I know he was really unhappy about being in that series, and he'd be complaining and carrying on. So it looks like he got his way at the last minute. They brought Aaron Hardy in, and not only did he get let off, he actually got home yesterday. He beat everybody home, David <laughs> Warner, in his inevitable fashion. Perhaps his IPL team provides him with a private jet or something, Jared. But um, actually, I think he, he. I wonder if he actually paid his own way home to get home quicker. It's a, this is just terrible. This tournament, just terrible. And what are you doing, Steve Smith? I mean, seriously. A couple of people have said to me he looked really tired. He, he he looked tired at the end of that tournament. I'm not close enough there to see him. And you'd assume that he sleeps better during a one-day tournament than a test series because, you know, there's only so many playing days. But yeah, I would have thought he's better better off coming home. I mean, Green and Marsh have come home. Green's hardly played at all. And he's going to – I think he's skipping the uh, only available Sheffield Shield batch. So they think he warrants a rest. Stephen warrants a rest too. He looks like he needs to freshen up before the summer. I read the the concept that he's going to open the batting to see what that looks like. Um, it doesn't strike me as an opener for Australia at next year's World Cup. Who knows? He's Steve Smith. I remember he, you know, we didn't strike me as a T20 player much. Well, in recent years until he came, made that comeback to the BBL and made those two very impressive centuries, admittedly only in the BBL. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with Steve. You know, is it this fear of missing out that's kind of costing him in a way? But you know, hey, he Manus um, Manus uh, matches him and raises him one on that front, doesn't he? Because Manus is there too. You know, Manus is never going to miss a chance to sort of put his hand up to play to play in a World Cup, and that's another one of the great stories, isn't it? You know, the miracle of Manus. I mean, you know, I'm thinking of coming back to Christianity after I've seen the way <laughs> Manus is going. You know, God looks after that bloke. It's it's quite extraordinary. I think he's been dropped five times for one of those teams, and there probably were about five occasions in this World Cup where you thought he couldn't play, but he always did. And I think, I don't know if I said it to you, Joe, but I said, even if he's not named in the 11 for that final, Someone will twist their ankle getting off the bus. There's nothing more certain. I did say to you, there's nothing more certain in life than him playing that final. Yep. It's the, the incidents and accidents that all roll together. And that's why I do think the affection for this will, will grow as the stories are, are fully told. <laughs> you know, the golf cart story still got a few chapters in it, I reckon. And, uh, and Marnus Marsh, Marsh has upset India by putting his stockinged feet on the cup. That should have been theirs. <laughs> uh, all good fun. Um, or do you think it so the best cricket has now been played an outstanding year of cricket where it was all loaded in a test series in India uh, the world test championship an ashes series in England and a world cup do you think there's a possibility now to frame this summer which is less attractive as as a celebration of the team I think that's what you have to do, isn't it? And I, I think we see some of that framing already. I think in Channel 7's promotions, it's around this team and and 
and it becomes even more important now. Um, in fact, I was trying to fashion some article for the uh, SCG newsletter this year, um, you know, trying to get people excited about turning up to a test against, uh, who is it again, Jared? Pakistan. I kept forgetting the West Indies. No, pa- um, Pakistan's at the SCG. Again. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah it, it, this, you know, well, we're celebrating the team and perhaps a bit of passing out of the era too, won't we? How many more of them will be there the following summer? Um, they certainly won't be an intact team. This is the last time we will see that team on the field this summer. And it is a test team too, isn't it? That was one of the pleasing elements about uh, the World Cup final, that um, both teams essentially fielded what were sort of 80% test players. Um, it was nice to see that, a reassertion of that sort of um, quality play and quality player Um yeah, it has to be framed like that, Jared, because otherwise it's a little underwhelming. I see, you know, Pakistan, Harris Routh's pulled out of the tour now. Um, unfortunately, they won't have Naseem Shah, the 20-year-old quick. Um, they've replaced their skipper, uh, Baba Azam, with Shahan Masood. So um, they're not exactly uh, arriving uh, in great condition. That They have been one of the illustrations of the World Cup is an end point is for Sri Lanka. It's been engulfed in political turmoil Uh, for Pakistan. It's the the end of Baba Azam's time as captain in all three formats. Um, So yeah, is that's, you never really know what to expect with Pakistan, but that's a level of turmoil that I guess they know relatively well, but at the end of an unsuccessful tournament, it's a big price. Yeah, well, you're going to pay a big price if you're a Pakistan team and you go that poorly in India, you know. Geopolitics come into it as well, don't they? Yes, they do. All right, Pete, um, another round of Sheffield Shield coming. And out of that, so that'll be the final round in the setup, won't it? They'll have played six. And that's a big body of work for those who needed to force their case. And then all of our assessments will turn towards what, are the decisions for Australia to make this test summer? Yeah, and look, there aren't any, there aren't too many immediate decisions to be made, are there, Jared? Not that I've turned my mind to this, but I mean, I suppose we've just mentioned um, Mitch Marsh and Green going over to Western Australia, but uh, my assumption is that Marsh is ahead of Green and would be in the first test team if he's the first choice, if fit. and are there any other selection issues facing us until David Warner stands down after the SCG test? I, I don't think so. So you're you're in that, that that's a yeah. formality for you that, that Warner will play those three tests? Absolutely. Yeah. I I I, I think it, judging on his form, not just against the white ball, but the way he batted in that ashes, he's he's in a reasonable place. You know, he's not a hundred percent David Warner, but he's very good David Warner, and that's better than any other option that you have. And perhaps also now looking back at through it, and hey, they're not going to get an open top tour through the town. So maybe that World Cup winning team gets, you know, as we say, gets a bit of an open top tour through the summer, yeah. the test summer. Yeah. yeah. I hope that's what happens. All right. Ian's going to have our closing sentiment here. Through everything, turn, turn, turn. There is a season. Grade five memories. <laughs> the birds. Well done. Well done, Ian. <laughs> Good stuff. Pete, lovely to chat. Talk again, Ted. See ya. Good on you. Chat next week. Peter Lawler for Australian Made. It's important to buy Australian right now. Look for the logo and be sure it's Aussie. Here's Nathan in the newsroom.